Speaking of the 60s, unfortunately, we lost a legend of the Patriots 60s this week. Uh, Gino Capaletti, who was an all-AFL player, all-time leading scorer in the AFL, an MVP in the AFL, a wide receiver, a kicker, played some defense, which, you know, right up Bill Belichick's alley, jack of all trades, all three phases, four-down player, Gino Capaletti, and then embarked on a coaching career for a little while with the Patriots, and then probably a lot of our listeners grew to know him as the color commentator on the uh, Patriots Rock Radio Network, uh, WPCN. He no was slight to the current broadcasters, but man of war was that the booth. My favorite well, booth ever. Gil Santos with the, the pipes and the uh, Walter Cronkite professional news anchor kind of style. Gravitas, if you will, yes. Authoritative play-by-play call, and then Gino as the fun-loving ex-player and just kind of stories and, yeah, babe, the kind of things he would say in the background. But uh, unfortunately, at the age of 89, Patriots Hall of Famer Gino Capaletti passed away this week. And I just want to say my favorite personal sort of um, memory or interaction is when I first started with the Patriots in 2001, doing some interviews with him, he would treat me like I was freaking – Peter King or whoever the most noted football analyst writer of the time was um, just gracious with his time. Also enjoyed on the buses while we were waiting for road trips when he and Gil would do the crossword puzzle and Hey, what's six letters for a, uh, a rose hybrid or something and just yell it back and forth across the buses. They did the New York times crossword puzzle. Um, just a stud too, uh, a true stud, the way he dressed, and uh, kind of carried himself. He uh, he was an interesting character, and it's uh, it's a loss to Patriot Nation this week with uh, Gino Capaletti passing. If away. we're allowed to still say things like this, like Gino Capaletti reminds me of like that definition of maybe something your mother or your grandmother would say. Like now, there's a man's man right there, that Gino Capaletti. Like he had he had people now might call it swag, Andy. Like yep. he had swagger about him. He dressed really fine, like nice jackets, nice shirts, a little gold. Uh, just, you know, and had earned it all as well. And, and I'd like to hearken back to, you know, my favorite uh, America is in a uh, has lost a lot of their iconic uh, men of the day, if you will. The, you know, the the Ted Williams is uh, Clint Eastwood is 92. My favorite actor of all time, Paul Newman, someone else who was a real, you know, heroic man of masculine type uh, passed away several years ago. Gino Capaletti, what a total throwback. And no wonder why Bill Belichick loved him so much because of the fact that this guy literally did everything on the football field from his days back at the university of Minnesota uh, to then actually a couple of years of armed service, coming back to football, going up to Canada, returning here, not getting in the NFL, jumping in for love of game and with his multitude of talents to the American football league at its inception all the way to when it was absorbed into the NFL in 1970. So 10 years AFL, one year NFL. The guy was a stud receiver, a stud returner, a pretty good defensive back, an absolute stud kicker. What didn't this guy do? I mean, I can see why Belichick would hold him as the gold standard of Patriots. He was, let's dare say, even uh, before Tom Brady or Troy Brown, he was Mr. Patriot. Yep. Like when, when people point to the Pat the Patriot throwback and they say, who's the first person you think of? A lot of people will probably say John Hanna, maybe, mm-hmm. or some people maybe say Stevie Neckroll um, or Andre Tippett. You probably should say Gino Capaletti because he is hand in hand what that was all about. And as you were saying about his good nature and 
the fact that everyone just people wanted to be around him and he just gave off such good air. Uh, Shime and I, we, we I paid tribute to him on the website and I shared this on social media. I'll never get over the call because I loved Gil and Gino so much. I think Sosi and Zoe do an awesome job. They are their own thing. But when they won Super Bowl 36 and, you know, Gil has just an absolutely perfect call. All Gino did was cheer in the background. All he did, and like it almost still brings a tear to my eye every time, not only because I can go back to where I was and what that win meant to me and what it meant to my dad and what it meant to millions of Patriots fans and uncles and grandfathers and father-son dynamics. The joy in Gino's voice when that happened, being a lifetime Patriot, work in the booth, knowing what it meant to everybody, like it was just so damn beautiful. It really was like, we, he was, he was a, he was a real one and an absolute living legend. And, um, I hope more kids swing by the hall at Patriot place and go take a look and read about Gino Capaletti. And when they're there, why not say hello to the newest member of the Patriots hall of fame? Well, before we get into that, I just wanted to say one slight addendum to the Gino Capaletti story. Yes. Um, there's been some changes in the pro football hall of fame voting process that Ooh. some in that, uh, fraternity, believe could open the door for Gino Capaletti, Mr. AFL, AFL MVP to posthumously end up in Canton. They, the, in the old days, when you kind of reached the, um, the veterans committee part of the process, yeah. you were no longer presented. You were kind of on a list and you could easily be forgotten. And Gino, unfortunately was, they've changed things now so that much like the 25 finalists that are on the regular hall of fame voting list, the veterans list will also have presenters that will actually make a case before a smaller committee. I believe it's either 12 or 15 voters and present the guy's body of work and why he deserves to be in Canton, which should spark some um, discussion at least about Gino's candidacy for the pro football hall of fame. So don't close the door on Gino's career and his legend just yet. There may be a chance that he ends up in Canton someday. And I think personally, for his accomplishments in the game and everything he did. He deserves it. But as you mentioned, Fitzy, he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame, and there is a newly elected member of the Patriots Hall of Fame. He's a biggin. He's built a little bit like, um, I will not look at myself in a few years, um, Vince Wilfork, who, it's interesting. I don't know what people think of Vince Wilfork in terms of pro football Hall of Fame candidacy, greatness with the Patriots, because you have Richard Seymour. Great defensive lineman of that era, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Took a couple years to get in, didn't necessarily have the stats yep. that would jump off the page like a, um, a you know, a John Randall or a Reggie White per se, but a dominant figure along the line and a multiple champion, multiple Super Bowl champion as well. And Vince Wilfork, though different position, Andy, kind of, you know, is adjacent to Seymour in that regard. Well, it's it. what I would say is similar is, yes, part of a great defense defense where maybe your numbers are sort of held in check by the style of play and the two gapping and we don't put the emphasis on the sack but the thing that the two have in common in two very different ways freak athletes richard seymour the long slender like wait that guy weighs 315 where is the 315 well it's all right there because he's massive and he's it's, long. it's because he's his, his made of brick and vince wilfork 325 yeah in his bra and then you're like holy crap, did he just intercept that pass? And is he running down the field with the oh, football? Like, several times, which are some of everyone's favorite plays of all time from Vince so, Wilfork. God, I love Very Vince. different free right, defensive right. linemen. But 
Um, I think if you ask Belichick or the people that are there or the guys behind them, the Mike Brables and Teddy Bruskies that were benefiting from those beasts and athletes up front. So, uh, like, I think Vrabel and, and Logan Mankins, the two other finalists that made it to the fan voting process, were every bit worthy and will be in the Patriots Hall at some point. Very deserving. But And, and I always appreciated Vince Wilfork as a uh, leader, team spokesman. He has what I like to call the a-hole gene that I think all leaders have to have. You can't be afraid to kind of tell somebody, you know, kick him but in the ass. But he also has like a very magnetic personality. Yep. Like whenever he was in front of a camera, like you see, I, I'll never forget the video of him dancing in his overalls, cooking barbecue. Uh. Like this guy, he was like the best. Like I love Vince. My buddy is one of my best friends. He was never a huge football fan, but he always loved Vince Wilfork. Like Vince Wilfork was just like – he was kind of larger than life in more ways than one. Yep. And I, unfortunately, I just – I don't think he'll have the resume to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He because he doesn't have the sack numbers and he only has one right. first-team All-Pro, which is what they'll hold against him. But I, he is more than deserving to be in the Patriots Hall of Fame and one of my favorite defensive tackles ever. I absolutely love yeah. the guy. Five-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion. I'd also like to – I'm happy to admit that, like, my pecking order would have been Will Fork, Vrabel, and Mankins. And like you said, Andy, all three worthy, all three deserving. I think all three one day will get their red jacket, the plaque, and then uh, a chance to be lauded by the fans on a Thursday night or some Sunday afternoon in the autumn sun at Foxborough. But Will Fork, let's also remember this. He played in four Super Bowls, and the guy was kind of like, He's one of these like he's one of the bridge patriots who yep. like connected the first dynasty to the second dynasty and him getting that last one in 2014 that you know that's that that that, that was extra special for him and he does he deserved it and then you know I didn't even mind afterwards as he makes made his way to the Texans for the last couple of years like go get some extra money you deserve it Vince for all the years total fan favorite to me of the many indelible images of Vince Wilfork uh like you said him being a total vibe, dancing in the overalls, cooking with the barbecue, um, the Bob Opeet commercials he did for Bob's Discount Furniture, like laying on the side, pimping himself out on the mattress on the field. Love those commercials. My favorite is that image of him, arms out, helmet off, steam coming from his head after Cundiff missed the kick in the 2011 AFC Championship. Like, you say Vince Wilfork, I'm right there watching him on TV, uh, loving every second of it. Legend. Yeah. Can I add butt fumble into the uh, the mix of Will Fork highlights? Because I know it wasn't his recovery, but yep. he threw Brandon Albert into Sanchez. That's yes. right. Yes, he did. So he's forever uh, sort of validated or we'll see that highlight in perpetuity. That should be over years. his plaque in the Hall of Fame. It's just the butt fumble <laughs> on repeat forever. <laughs> a, hologram, Mark Sanchez a hologram of the butt because fumble. Because anybody that I walks in that it. building would love it. Well, no, one person wouldn't. Well, two people. Mark, Mark Sanchez. I'm not, sure would uh, well, well, that's I why mean, he wouldn't be walking into the Patriots Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's a fair. And point. on that note, and on that note, we wrap up another. Uh, did any? I know Fitzy likes this last potpourri little segment. Potpourri. We, we got to um, everything. We got a but we got a couple other nuggets uh, that we can get to because uh, ju in just a couple days' time, we have another exciting episode of the Six Rings Pod recording for uh, everyone's Friday morning commute, drive time, and weekend listening enjoyment. Andy and I know the uh, the corporate level bosses like these to not get too long, so uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Shime, I'm sorry you didn't really get to speak that segment. I blame Fitzy. He oh, you're fine. 
Once the I guy gets to, going about I got, I got everything in I needed to. Don't even worry. <laughs> this has been another exciting edition of the Six Rings Podcast. Again, reach out to us on Twitter at Six Rings Pod. Interact. Tell us we're stupid. Tell us we're smart. We don't care. We love all interaction. Or send us an email anytime, any day, any place, anywhere around the globe. Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. And Shime always likes me to remind you when I say six rings, it's the number not spelled out keep good it job simple, andy i'm proud right numbers that was tremendous and hey andy maybe we'll even do some more live streams like our successful uh patriots schedule analysis live stream slash pod where we give the fans what they want engagement laughter well, and- I, I have an opportunity for new information we spent a lot of time talking about the coaches today may 26th will be the first opportunity for the media to view the Patriots OTAs at Gillette Stadium. So there may be an opportunity for us to react to that, see that. I don't know if it's a live stream or simply a podcast reaction, but we the coaches are talking about their roles. The players are heading towards phase three of the offseason program and OTAs. Football is building up a little momentum. Patriot Nation, we're on our way back. With the Bruins gone, I need it. Bring football back now. So let's go Celtics and let's go follow at Shime Time, at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy GFY, and of course, at Six Rings Pod. Back in another couple of days. Andy, good job by you. Shime Time, top shelf as always. Your old pal Fitzy. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>